AJ Raw, King Aries. And you are now listening to Bonda Podcast. I'm trying to set up right now. Come on. LA Lakers colors on purple and gold. I had to stun on you, love the exclusive Adidas hoodie. <laughs> don't, don't even be commenting where I got this. I've had this hoodie for over 10 years. I can't remember <laughs> where I got this hoodie. And in those 10 years, I've worn this hoodie maybe five times or some shit. Bro. Do you know what I mean? All I know is, this is another one. You're not going to get this nowhere. Oh, oh we stunning on these. So, I ain't even mean, it's accidental. I didn't even mean to. No. It's just one of them things. I was a big Kobe fan before everything that happened anyway. Everybody that knows me knows Kobe was my dude. Kobe? If I ever had the money, like, I'm going to go get his stuff, his gear, his shoes, everything. So, I'm going to give a crazy Kobe Bryant story before we finish. Stay tuned to the end. Remind me if I forget. But before we go, mm-hmm. you know, I've got the hoodie. The kick game has to be, you know, got to let them know. Damn. Or let them. Shit. Oh, they see the bag, they see the strap. I'm feeling myself today. I'm feeling myself I, today. Hey, it's good. I had to get podcast ready, so you know, it's you know not I mean? bad. You feel me? Like, okay. Let's get into it. Yeah? British Broadcasting Co- Corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Corporation. You don't know. I'd probably say before him <laughs> what he was supposed to say. But here they are again, finding some way to offend us. I don't understand how you silence anybody that visually supports black lives matter it's more than just a movement it's a statement it's a stand it's a point in time and you take it upon yourself to feel the need to literally bar stop and exclude anybody that supports such a movement regardless of their color regardless of their anything that there lets me know where we are in terms of our importance in terms of us actually mattering or not This doesn't surprise me just based on the fact that the BBC has had a long history of ridiculing, of marginalizing, of completely disrespecting black people. Their last minstrel show was in the 1970s, 1979 to be exact. That was when their last minstrel show aired. What's a minstrel show? It's literally a show of white people dressed up in blackface mocking black 79? 79. That's six years before I was born. That's do you not see, that long ago. Do you see what I'm I saying? still very young. So I say that to say, here they are again in big 2020 where the straw that broke the camel's back, which was the string of deaths <clears throat> that's happened constantly throughout the year has caused black people to be upset to be in an uproar, not to say that there hasn't been a history, but the concession back to back to back like that has caused people to stop what they're doing, to riot <clears throat> in the middle of a pandemic and bring importance to people that look like me, that look like King Aries. So what do you do as a company? Instead of supporting such a thing, such as the NBA, mm-hmm. they're supporting mm-hmm. other news corporations, I won't name them, you can figure out who they are. They're supporting high street shops, designer brands. Basically, everyone's supporting except them, the BBC. And and that's my point. Like, once they did that, they let me know. Oh no, we're not wanted, right? Let me give them some context. The BBC sent out a lot a letter to its employees, mm-hmm. strongly reminding and advising them that they cannot support the Black Lives Matter movement or, as they put it, any kind of political movement 
because the employees have to stay impartial and it's clever wording because in that instance they are now not putting themselves under fire to say we don't want you supporting black like matter mm. they're saying oh we don't want you supporting political movements because we're a news organization which is right and you can't have a political stand to give an open news without bias which is all right except that in order to make themselves clean they have to lie because black lives matter is not a political organization exactly. they have no policies they have no political leaders they like <laughs> they have no elected leaders <laughs> it's black lives matter is a movement and a statement saying that our lives matter please don't kill us Stand up, don't shoot. It's not a political movement. Hands up, don't shoot. It's not a political movement. I mean, in order to be a political movement, you need to have officials, mm. members of parliament, or some kind of influence in which you have designated people running a form of a corporation. None of these are applied to Black Lives Matter. You need to have policies in place. Mm. As in, not just policies as in your chart, as in your workplace, actual policies as in, in government. There is nothing political about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> so, so to continue, um, <clears throat> thanks for that great point and adding context. Um, overall, they basically just drew their line in the sand. And they let us know that they don't want nothing to do with us. They don't want nothing to do with such a thing they feel as if it's political imagine trying to take lives that are being slaughtered that are being killed people that are being oppressed being ridiculed and being taken the mick out of imagine taking that and calling it a political oh, stance don't, don't life matters oh no no you can't that's political does his life matter it, it, could you, could could you, is, is it political does your life matter i mean but that's political i mean you feel your life matters do i feel your life matters that's what political that's, means. Look, but that's how they sound. So when they send out a letter to all their employees to say that they can't support, what 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 side are you really on? If you have a history of mocking us in the first place, and then when when it gets to a point where this whole year has been centered around the execution of our people, people that look like us, and another thing is when they try and split up and make it seem as if it's a regional thing. Oh, well, that's only in America. That's not in England. Oh, that's only in Australia. That's only in Brazil. No, if I go to America right now and the police see me, they're going to stop me and they might possibly shoot me. It doesn't matter about you, how you, black I am. You go down the road right now. This is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> I'm, gonna stop you. so I say that to say the Black Lives Matter stance is not political. It's about life in general. Life is way mattering. is way bigger than politics. So could you imagine a news organization trying to marginalize and scrutinize a people that's already been marginalized and scrutinized for eons, for millenniums? Because a lot of people get twisted and think this has just been going on for 400 years. No, there's a two millennia straight history before the 400 years Atlantic slave trade, Atlantic slave trade that's happened and that has not even been documented as much as it should have been, which means you have to go do your research. And again, I'm touching on these topics again. Again, I'm having to say that we matter. Again, I'm having to point out the fact that once again, that every single time we try and 
take a stand for ourselves and defend the fact that we've been brutalized, killed, scrutinized, right? Stereotyped and all of the above. And our people say, you know what? We really don't deserve this anymore. We really don't deserve to die. We really don't deserve to be caste typed, stereotyped and things of that nature. Stop doing it. It's a problem. Political. It, be it becomes political. It becomes a stance. It becomes, oh, no. So BBC. But this has been done before. I'm just. This has been done before. I'm just saying like, it, it, it really, it really riles me up and I've had enough. I've had enough of seeing them trying to, to, to use their form of intellect as a way to bend around what they're really saying, yeah. which is your life doesn't matter. Your life don't matter. <laughs> and if you that. support it, we're dropping you out. Yeah. We're banning you. Because it was political when black people were asking to vote. And they used the whole thing of because it's a vote, it's political. Mm -hmm. okay. It was political when black people were asking to enter certain restaurants or certain places. So whenever you want to get around something, you create a political atmosphere around it. Mm -hmm. Because then that's a good way to divide people and make it seem like you can take all the attention off the actual thing, which is <laughs> Black Lives Matter. I mean, it's so clear. It's one of the, like, I'm sure Nike wish they thought of it. It's, it's Black Lives Matter. It's not BAME. It's not people who want it's Black Lives Matter. It's so clear they matter. Do you know what I mean? And to try and now say, oh no, it's political. It's, um, if we had black people running the country mm. and then we was like, Black Lives Matter, you could turn around and be like, yeah, but you're running the country. If we had black people stopping and searching people and killing people, then you could say it's political. Mm. But if you're just literally trying to matter your life, and they say it's political because this has been done time and time in history whenever you try to stop some form of oppression mm. they say oh that's political mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If, mm -hmm. if you're religious you can be thinking into like biblical times or whatever mm -hmm. with the whole let my people go yeah, it wasn't about thing. God or freedom it was ooh that's political mm -hmm. well they tried to turn it into <laughs> something political so this is this is very interesting and this is an organisation that you pay for we pay for it it's, it's TV license it's not Jumping, it's not cable, it's the BBC. Mm. You know, to get something commissioned onto the BBC, it needs to. One of the key points that you have to fill, you have to fill this box, is it needs to represent aspects of British life in all forms. As in, it has to be. The program has to be British. So it's not like. If you have a great idea and it's funny mm. and it's great or it's action, whatever it is, they won't commission it. If it's not portraying British life. So you guys go onto the BBC website or just Google trying to submit a script or trying to submit any kind of film, idea, comedy to the BBC. Because obviously I had to learn this way, way back, you know, when I came out of drama school and I was trying to like write scripts or whatever, and it has to be it. So the BBC is like, that's what I'm saying, they know what they did. The BBC has always found a way to create this segregated market where British flourishes. And I expect that because it's the British Broadcasting Company. You know what I'm saying? But then when you saw that, it kind of confused me when I see so many people complaining about immigrants and this and stuff on telling web. And it's like, 
bruv, you they cater to you, bruv. If you submit a script, it will get taken up. For me to get to, I have to actually try and think like you or ask you for your ideas. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's very interesting, but then shout out to Sideman, yeah? Big shout out to Sideman, because seeing this letter makes me think there's more to the story of his re resignation. So if you don't know, Sideman, comedian, creative, works at the BBC, quit, left his job at the BBC because he said he couldn't stand working for such a place with such ignorance and he just felt like it was being very racist and this was over the B a BBC reporter using the n-word in a broadcast instead of just doing what I just did and saying the n-word mm -hmm. it was a white BBC reporter and their excuse was we had the blessing of the family which again speaks to if you're my friend yeah and you're overweight mm. and I call you fat mm -hmm. and you're my friend mm -hmm. yeah if I go anywhere else and I call someone a fat shit mm. and they get upset I'll be like whoa my friend who's fat gave me permission to use that word you can't get offended over there <laughs> you see how stupid that sounds you see how stupid that sounds like that, that, that kind of stuff really triggers me, bro. Because that's that was the BBC's defense. No, exactly, and that's why we flamed them last time. But Sideman left and quit his job, so it makes me think that there might be a possibility that he saw this letter or other things that mm. even have not come to light, mm. because his wording was the ignorance within the corporate. He had a problem with the corporation. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a singular event, and he didn't like the attitudes towards them trying to apologize. It took him a while. They eventually did apologize. And it was clear to see they apologized because there was so much pressure. Mm. They had no intention of apologizing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is, a, this is a corporation that before anything goes on air, you know, they have like board meetings. There's like levels. I've, I've, I've interned at the BBC when I was younger. Mm. <laughs> it's a serious organization. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a report just saying the N-word because of the concern of the family. This is from high up, everyone signed and agreed that you should go do this. And then when it was highlighted that there was a problem, they refused to apologize mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for a while, in which Sideman decided to quit and leave the organization. And I'm sure he's going to be great. He's a very talented young man. He's hilarious. And I'm sure a lot of people don't even realize how much more talent he has to him, apart from the comedy. But he's going to be great. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, so it tells me that people like him, well, him especially, probably knows way more than the stuff that's being leaked. Yeah. And the kind yeah. of culture. Because in, in all honesty, whenever I hear from intern at the BBC when I was younger, from working closely with production with the BBC, among other things in my creative career since I was young, the BBC reminds me of the Met. Hmm. And the reason I say that is whenever anything happens with the Met, it mm. just boils down to one thing, it's mm. institutionally racist. Mm. Anything that ever happens with the Met, no matter what incidence is, it always boils down to one thing. It's institutionally racist. Mm -hmm. And that's why there continues to be these problems and these cracks. Because at the core foundation of the Met, the core leaders, the decision makers mm. are racist. Mm. And that's what the BBC reminds me of. Because whenever anything happens, anyone who forget the they want to call it political, so forget the politics of it. Mm. Anyone who wants to make news and make TV and make money, which is what businesses and corporations do. <laughs> 
would have either not broadcast that or would have apologised immediately. Whether they care or not. They wouldn't care, they would apologise immediately. They don't even, it would be a fake apology, they would have done it. For the BBC to stand their ground tells me this is about feelings. Mm -hmm. This is, we, we don't care how much money we lose, we don't care how many viewers. Someone or some people at the top are institutionally racist. Yeah. And they would rather, because this, this one you have to be concerned. When you hurt someone's pockets and they still stand and down that hill, mm. that's when you know their conviction is really how they feel. Mm. The BBC, before, with all the back and forth, refused to apologise, proved, if you look at it, that they were more interested in standing yes. and dying on that hill than yes. making money. Yeah. And that's when it becomes dangerous. That's when you realise, oh, so it's not even about money. It's about, you need to get this view across especially, that you can say the end Especially because they feel as if they got that pass. What they don't understand is the word nigger is offensive to every black person. Especially if it comes from people that don't look like us. There's a blurred line based on the fact that certain artists and certain people within time has taken the origin of the word and reinstated it and put it in music and things of that nature and took it and made it an uplifting word and made it something that can be relatable and that can be exchanged between two neguses, which is the original. If they choose to. If, which is the original. But uh, in the context of a white report, yes. in the news report. Do you see what I'm saying? It is mind-blowing. It's, it's ridiculous and it should never, ever have ever it served no purpose ever been <laughs> and it should have never have even have been a debate it's, especially it literally had nothing to do with the report especially if you have a long history of mocking said people which tells me see why i went to my conclusion there might be on the map which tells me this is not ignorance this is what they wanted yes. to do yes so it's that's my point this so, 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 so this is what i wanted to start off with listen to anybody that watches this to our people, to our subscribers, to um, people that know us, people that look like us, to our social issues, to the things that we touch on every day that we can relate to, we matter. We have always mattered and we will continue to matter. Do not let anybody of any type of corporation in any business or place or environment ever make you feel like you do not matter. The BBC showing their behind right now just lets us know that they are still in it within a mind frame of superiority they still stand on certain principles that caused us a great deal of pain and if they can use such language and could have such a strong reaction to the support of something as important like black lives matter that should tell you exactly where they stand, they stand. and just based on that alone there shouldn't just be a 24-hour boycott because people are boycotting the are BBC. people boycotting right? the BBC? Yes, on I've Wednesday. Seen, I've, been boycott, I've been boycotting the BBC for years, unintentionally. They said Wednesday, that's the boycott day. Listen, this is the only and last time we should ever hear anybody supporting. I don't care about BBC One Extra. I don't care about any of the, the sub-shows or any of that stuff. That needs to get cut out. All the fire in the booths, the Charlie Sloths, all out. Cut <laughs> off. All of that stuff. Because, again, like King Aries has just told you, an institutionalized racism, which means infrastructure, which means the core, the base, how they built that company up and the people in charge making the decisions, okaying okay these things are the racists. So, of course, it's going to trickle on down. Look how many, if we really break this down, how many black reporters are in the BBC? How many black DJs are in the BBC? And I let us them. 
right? Especially how many, how many, how many, how many black engineers? How many people do you know that look like us that 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 uh, wholeheartedly support such an organization? You can't name fifty. You can't name twenty. But yet they felt they need to write a letter. But that's my point. That's crazy, right? That's my point. Like the stance that they took, the 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 the, the energy that they had for such a thing. Listen, don't be fooled. I don't care what they do after this. And that's why they did the political view. It's not just black and white. It's only political organization. Because remember, they use they use they use their words and the intellect that they were taught by us, which is another thing that they will never speak on. Um, the fact that knowledge came from us, especially um, in a time where they didn't know that we knew much, much, much more than they did, which is how we taught them in the first place before we were colonized, etc., etc. But I digress. But it ties in anyway. This is about them showing their behind and letting us know that they do not care about us. If such a word and if such a phrasing and if such a thing can be something that they choose to stand on, if the 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 stance of Black Lives Matter, the, the importance of such a thing in a time where we're being slaughtered every day, every day, where there's unsolved cases that have been closed, that the police and the government and people of that nature won't touch again, right? has been highlighted based on the Black Lives Movement and people in your community, within your company have chosen to support such a thing because it's important. Have you seen any outward support of Black Lives Matter on the BBC? No, and that's my so point. Like, no, it's only, they're, not, they're literally telling you not to do something that you're not doing. Mm. But just in case you're thinking about doing it. Yeah, this is their stance. Listen. Just in case you're, because I've not heard, correct me if I'm because I don't watch the BBC. I'm on the internet, I'm on YouTube, I'm on like, you know, Netflix and all that stuff. But I've not heard or seen anyone talk about, oh my God, the BBC today is really on some black, like, I've seen the NBA. That's, that's my point. They're so, saying, don't you even dare think about it. Right. So <laughs> to finish my point, after the context, again, provided by King Aries, listen, they've showed us who they are now. If it wasn't something that you didn't research before, like I did, which I had to do because it was based on my dissertation. Yes, we're very smart people who went to uni. This stuff and the mockery and the misrepresentation of black people within Hollywood and within television and film history, which is what I actually changed my uh, dissertation to. And I had to research this stuff. And who came up? The BBC. And their racist past. And the fact that they're still standing on certain principles that were highlighted that oppressed us back then. Imagine the image of a black person being imitated and mocked by somebody that's not black in any sense. Imagine the image and the representation of a black person being mocked in general, being broadcast live, generally speaking, in an island that's predominantly white in the first place. So I say that to say my people, our listeners, our subscribers, and anybody else that tunes in or that knows us personally, Stop watching BBC, stop watching the fire and the boost, stop watching anything, stop watching BBC or listening to BBC One Extra. Cut that off. They do not care about us. They do not care about how we feel. They only care about their ratings, our ear, our eyes, and our view count, and how much money we can generate and give to them. At, at this point, yeah, I'm going to say, I don't even think they care about their rating as much as to put people in their place. But that's my point. Because even when their ratings were getting hit by them not apologizing. Mm -hmm. They would rather yeah. die on yeah. that hill. 
So that's my point. Keep that the in only, mind. The only thing that we can do at this point is remove ourselves. Remove yourself. You remove enter yourself. a man's shop and he's even willing to turn down your money just to disrespect you. He's even willing to turn down your money. Do not return to that shop because it is deeper than anything. He does not even care about losing money. Javid, he doesn't care about you as a person. And that's what the BBC is doing right now. So that's my point, my people. Enough. We don't gotta be mad at this. We just have to withdraw ourselves from the situation. But so that was the that's why I wanted to finish. I just wanted to finish that out. Obviously, we're gonna flow into the next one, but I just no, 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 yeah, I've still got I just wanted to finish. That's that's my stance on it. Take, 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 your, take yourself away from that situation. I don't care how many artists they bring on, I don't care how many songs they play, I don't care about what they because that's exactly what they're doing. They're dangling the carrot in front of what in front of the animal to get you in the trap, and the trap is to disrespect you. And the fact that you're like, you're going towards the disrespect. So imagine somebody disrespecting you and you see that they're disrespecting you. You hear that they're disrespecting you and you go towards the disrespect. And you go in a place where it's an open, regular, common thing to be disrespected. I don't think so. I really don't think so. So I'm not going to wait until Wednesday to boycott the BBC. I'm not. I wasn't watching them before, but I'm intentionally. <laughs> I'm publicly making a stand. I'm saying that I'm 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 with him on this. I, I haven't watched the BBC in years, but now I'm intentionally not watching the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling my people not to do it. And that's I'll go, my stance on I'll it. Go I back. Want, my bad. I just want to finish. Yeah. That's my stance on it. That's all. We don't have to take this, you know. We don't. Period. Go ahead, bro. So yeah. I'll go back because yeah. one of the names he mentioned was Charlie Sloth. So let me clear it up because I don't want to like wild up our listeners against Charlie Sloth. He seems like a cool guy. He seems like he's down. He was just naming DJs. So he didn't say cancel Charlie Sloth. He used him as an example as in that's a show on the BBC. So Charlie Sloth seems really down, really cool guy. I've seen him take, you know, some big strides and big steps with artists. He's like, he just seems like a really down brother. So big up Charlie Sloth. It was just, he was using him as a show, as an example. Second of all, a really important point that I read that I want to share with you guys is um, that when Sideman decided to leave the BBC because he just felt that he can't work for a company like that, is there was a rebuttal of that where someone else said um, if they were in the job, they would stay or they're actually looking to try and get themselves into there. And the reason I'm making that point is there's another view. There's another view where it's like, um, I've read a few people saying they would rather try and go in there and change things from the inside and leave So there's like another way. And this is just to make the point that black is not a monolith mm -hmm. because there's something the BBC does. Black is not one way. Like we have to agree, disagree, conversate, and just open a dialogue. So, me personally, I'm openly on the sideman starts. Like, I would leave. That's me, right now, today. Shut in? That's us. That's just today, right now. But I can understand the other point of black people working there who would not leave and would want to raise hell and try and cause change from the inside. That's not my stance, but I can understand it because black is not a monolith. It's not you're with us or you die. It's not one way. It's we, both sides are trying to change and fix the problem. 
you may not agree with one of the sides, but we need to be together. So as much as I support Sideman for his decision, because that's what I would do, that's my stance, I support the black people who are currently still at the BBC and who are saying, you know what, this is not right and we're gonna take legal proceedings or we're gonna raise hell, we're gonna cause, you know, we're gonna make it uncomfortable. I support those people too equally. Do you know what I mean? Because my only interest is to see this come to an end. I don't care which way it works. I just want it to work. Because the end goal is black lives matter. <laughs> so as long as the end goal ends with our lives mattering, I'm not interested in any petty side taking. Because that's something these corporations love to do as well. They try to turn us into a monolith, into one way. And that's the thing they did with their, we had permission from the family. That makes us a monolith. That means that the family speaks for us and the family speaks for all black people about that word. Mm. And it's what they do. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes to other groups, they don't do this. The BBC refused to publish Wiley's tweets because they felt they were anti-Semitic mm -hmm. and offensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they see different groups and communities as variations. But like many companies and corporations, the BBC sees black as a monolith, mm. as one. Mm. If one black person does it, one black person says it, that applies to all black people. If one black person is okay with a word or a family is okay with a word being broadcast, then we don't mind risking offending all the other black people who have families and are not okay with that word. And this is what corporations do over and over and over. And this is me making a plea to the viewers and listeners that I see, because behavior is learned, I see a lot of my people learning this behavior. <clears throat> so I see a lot of my people acting in the BBC, whereas if they have a stance on that word, they now become the end all and be all. See what I'm saying? Mm. So, just remember, black is not a monolith. We have conversations among us, with us, about us. And then we decide. And even when we don't agree, or whatever, it's between us, yeah? We don't let these corporations and outside influences speak to one of us mm -hmm. and take a decision there that affects the whole community. Mm. This is dangerous and this is something I see a lot of black people around the world allowing to happen. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to have variation within your blackness mm -hmm. so that you can represent all black lives, all black, black, black Because all black lives matter. Yeah. You can't just say, not to cut you, my yeah. bro, but <clears throat> you can't just say British black lives matter. You can't just say American black lives matter. You can't just say Australian black lives matter or African or anywhere. It's every black life matters. Yep. So everywhere. Yep. So we need to support our brothers and sisters where we can, when we can, and try to understand what they're trying to do. Because that's what's so important. When people are actually trying to do something, you can't be sitting on your couch mm. and creating roadblocks for them when you're not doing something. Just because you disagree with what they're trying to do. No. Try to understand what they're trying to do. Try to open conversations. And then if you can help, try to help. Because if the end goal is to fix the situation, mm -hmm. then you might be able to help. Then again, by having these conversations, again, these explanations, you decide this is something you do not believe in and you don't think this is the right way to go. 
So what you do is you put that energy into what you do for is the right way to go mm. and you mm. try and support that. Mm. But all the negativity that you would have used to go against that thing you don't agree with is going to be used. People are going to use that as examples of, see, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're fighting again mm -hmm. or they're doing this and try and use that again to create a monolith. And that's what we need to get away from because it's learned behavior. This is what these corporations do and I'm seeing my people also do it. They're trying to make black one thing. Mm -hmm. The cool black is one way. Mm -hmm. The successful black is one way. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm and it's like, no, it's like, we need to have as much variation as everyone else. I saw the Nikana meeting with the rabbi. I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw it. Okay. Yeah. But no one would use that meeting to represent all rabbis or represent the whole community, would they? Mm -hmm. See, so I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But God forbid, one of our black leaders had a meeting tomorrow, mm. they would use that to blanket black. So we need to start dismantling those things from happening amongst ourselves. So I'm putting that on the BBC situation right there. But once again, big up to side man, do you know what I mean? Because a lot of people are not taking steps to that. And I honestly believe it's steps like that that causes these corporations to sit back because that's the one thing like he said dangling the carrot that's the one thing that they don't expect they have such little respect for you that they don't believe that you can walk away and go and create on your own mm. and once you start doing that they'll have to check themselves because they're losing losing side man is a big talent i'm telling you you're gonna see for years to come this guy's gonna be hugely successful because apart from the comedy he has a lot to offer. That's the thing. It's when someone's getting started, you create this kind of niche. You create like your little go-to. So people know you for that. But just where you're going to see all the rest. It's the same with like RS. Mm. With RS. Mm. So RS is the funny role safeguard. Whatever. And I'm sure if you're watching it, again on the BBC, he has a very intellectually comedic show now that is nothing like role safe. Yeah, it's more like office work. It's more like a different kind of black British, the opposite. Again, this guy has a lot to offer. He writes, he volunteers at his church. You know, um, I don't want to butcher his name, but it's um, Imhodi Kayode. Wow. Yeah. Kayode. And yeah, he volunteers at his church. He mentors young people. He does writing sessions. Jump in. Mm. But again, if you were to only watch Safe RS, which he almost got limited to, mm -hmm. you wouldn't realize the wealth of talent he has. And trust me, Sideman is another one. It's another one of that. Big up to, big up to Sideman. German, big up. So let's segue into um, a question. <coughs> Toxic masculinity, yeah? You take, you take this one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you know where toxic masculinity comes from? Tell me. Uh... Are we just talking about based on my own understanding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Well, based on my own... You don't like coined it, like, where, where it came from? Uh, this is going to be... This is such a... Like, I feel like I'm tiptoeing already. But I'm just going to say it. I feel like the word toxic masculinity comes from the womanist and the feminist empowerment movement based around the Me Too act and um, when women are using um, certain examples of molestation and uh, violation. Pause right there. So, to clarify, you feel it comes from the feminist movement and they coined it to use it to describe basically violent and sexual acts against women. Crimes, yeah? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. 
because that's what most people will think, and you're wrong. <laughs> why, you same time, why you send me on? No, like, I pause you there because yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get you to continue your point. Keep those points. Yeah. Because you are wrong, mm -hmm. but at the same time, so you're all wrong because you all agree with what you said, and I'm sure you did, don't I? But at the same time, you're right. Let me tell you why you're let me tell you why you're right first before I tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. You're right because the term toxic masculinity has been used to highlight aggressive, violent, and sexual crimes mm. and instances against women mm. by the feminist movement, mm -hmm. yeah? But the reason you guys are wrong is because the term has been hijacked by the feminist movement. The term was coined in the 19, I think it was 80s, 1980s by a men's movement <laughs> against the feminization, the feminization of men and trying to empower and embody men to have the right tools and masculine attributes to be better husbands and leaders and warriors and protectors for their environment, for their sons and daughters and their wives and their community. And we like how, I like my viewers to do some research. I'm not gonna give you all of it, but just type in Toxic masculinity origins and Google it. So they used to do they used to do outdoor excursions with men in the wilderness and teach them skills and bonding and focus on all the great masculine traits of leadership, strength, physical and emotional, speaking to your emotions, understanding others. All those positive things is what they use it for. And they were teaching these men to stay away mm -hmm. from toxifying their masculinity and focusing on being withdrawn and trying to achieve physical, mental, emotional or, or community goals on their own. So it was to <laughs> highlight in yourself to find ways of empowering you as a man mm. to be a better man for the world and to make you aware of when you're toxifying these mm. masculine traits. Mm. That is the origin of toxic that, masculinity. That's amazing. That's amazing. I don't know about you, Lord. I'm going to go do the research after this. So you were talking about, you know, the, the term used mm. to address the, the, yeah. violence and yes. sexual acts against women. Because yes. the feminists hijacked that in mm -hmm. the recent years mm -hmm. and I've been mm -hmm. using that term. In fact, majority of feminists, if you ask, mm -hmm would think that is their term. Mm -hmm. If you're a feminist and you're watching this, you're probably either disagreeing or mind blown by mm. what I just said. Mm. Mm. And the reason the, the term- a powerful thing, bro. Wow. The wow. reason the term was hijacked and easily hijacked is because the meaning is ambiguous. When you hear toxic masculinity, from the, mean, from the work, you can't tell. Now you, now you think it's just negative, but before, when you heard toxic masculinity, if you haven't heard about all the rapes and stuff now, just listen to those two words. You can't tell if it's gonna be positive or not. Mm. It's just toxic masculinity. It's two words. Mm -hmm. So this men's movement didn't do a great job of putting the definitions out there. They had it clearly defined mm -hmm. in what they were doing mm -hmm. with their retreats and building, mm -hmm. but they didn't do a great job of marketing it to the world. Well, because it was in the 80s, isn't it? it so, the women's movement did a better job of marketing because they could save a lot of money on the actual marketing 
because rape and people like Weinstein is big free publicity if you mm. just add the hashtag to it, mm. right? Because mm. mm. remember when these men were doing this stuff, nothing crazy was happening. Mm-hmm. It was literally guys regularly having these meetings, creating this organization and taking men and growing them into better men. Growing them. Yeah. So there was no newspaper headlines. There was well, no reporters. Because it was, was so positive. Yeah. Crazy, right? So in modern times, when you have men like Terry Crews, <laughs> who are using the term toxic masculinity mm. in the feminist way, mm-hmm. and when, fe- I say, when I say feminist, definition of it. when I say feminist, because it's not positive or negative, it's not good, but I'm saying in the feminist way, as in the feminist organization, society, whatever they refer to themselves as, I taking the hashtag and taking the word. So when men, when men like Terry Crews use the term toxic masculinity in that way, and they're talking about, like Terry Crews talked about how he grew up, his father wasn't very open with him. He just, you know, was rough and he decided to, Terry Crews said he decided to change and be more open and, you know, more understanding, whatever. He's actually using the term toxic masculinity, but he's working backwards mm-hmm. because when they're talking about the negative stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're calling that toxic masculinity, he's actually wrong. Yeah. When he's talking about the work that he's doing to himself and improving, that's what the organization was building. That's what toxic masculinity was. That work on yourself, that highlighting that toxic, that toxic, highlighting the toxic masculinity, and working to build As positivity in, in yourself. Right. Toxic masculinity it wasn't a hashtag, mm-hmm. it wasn't just a saying, it was work. It was work by men looking at society, looking at the perceived power they held and looking at how they could improve the world around them because they were not happy with what they were seeing and then they were getting other men to jump on board and agree and put in the work and literally go into like the wilderness with men they did not know and build bonds and learn skills and learn trades and come back in the community and give that out and promote those skills. It's almost like what we're doing with our podcast. Yeah. So this this is a great example. This will be the equivalent of Bonda podcast. Right. 30, 40 years from now, Mm -hmm. someone creating a hashtag Mm -hmm. and calling it Bonda podcast. Mm -hmm. And on this podcast, it's just clips of us saying, Bond Boris Johnson, mm-hmm. Bond the BBC, Bond and just saying this was a negative podcast right. of aggressive men mm-hmm. willing to get pitchforks, set them on fire, and burn people. If you look, what what episode is this? Fourteen, right? Yep. We are fourteen episodes deep, man. If you don't know what we stand for now then you really need to... <coughs> this is why the internet is a great thing. This is why I add the playlist to my own YouTube channel. This is why I continuously update my own playlist. Because every episode you get another drop and another drop and another drop of what we represent. If you don't understand by now that we're not coined or boxed into one thing, then I don't know for you. Oh, they're going to Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we're, not, we're not a niche-based podcast. We touch on everything because we're not people that are just good at one thing. We're good at multiple different things. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when you put two talented people together, it becomes 
a whole big thing. It becomes full circle, like the like the um, the 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 light that we're sitting in front of. Ooh, I like that. Right. So I say that to say, listen. The reason why we go so hard for our people is because there's nobody out there doing the work. I can't think of one podcast that highlights social injustices and certain issues that we touch on almost every podcast. Consistently. Every, every episode we touch on this thing. And we're not doing it for extra points. We're not doing it for brownie points. We're not doing it because we feel like, oh yeah, if we do it. No, we're doing it because something needs to be done about it. If we had enough power, if we had enough pull, if we were bigger, they would, this would be a charity, an organization, it would be a thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making sense, bro? 100%. So I say that to say these are the grassroots, these are the seeds that were sown, these are the things, and the people that watch get it. Like, we have to speak on these things. Because our icons and our leaders either aren't speaking on them, or when they do speak on these things, they get gapped. Yeah, let me touch on that before you continue. This this icon leader thing, yeah? Because Brother Malcolm said it best. Because again, you know I say they like to put us in a box, they like to make us a monolith. Mm. There is no other community that when justice needs to be served, things need to be done, speeches need to be made, mm. that they go and find entertainers or athletes. Mm. It's only in our community, in every other community, Look at the kind of thing. They want to find a rabbi. They will find scholars. They will find science. They will find engineers. They will find experts. They will mm-hmm. find policy makers. Mm-hmm. It's only in our community that when our lives matter, yeah. they want to interview an entertainer or an athlete. And let me just say this. I'm not taking anything away from entertainers. We are entertainers. And we speak eloquently. Because we can. But I'm saying... When it comes to actually drafting policies, they shouldn't say it's political. It's not political, but I hope one day it does become political because when they can draft policies and they can make certain things illegal, then there will be more expected penalties for certain things that we see happening to our people. And when those things get drafted up, yeah, as an entertainer, I wouldn't mind consulting or being involved, but I would refuse to be the vocal or the head of that. I would want a policy expert from the community. See what I'm saying? But they intentionally go out their way mm. to try and make our voice the voice of the entertainer. Which tells me That's that... That's how My words exactly. Number one, and then also the opposite. That's how they want to see you. Which explains why letters like the BBC letter exist. Mm. Because they see any straight away from that dangerous that's power so that's why they'll feel the need to draft an organization that has no outwardly black lives matter supporting or nothing to draft a letter like that says oh we need to make sure we keep them in check mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying it made me sick man to, uh that new kind of situation really gets on my nerves because he based um, everything that he was doing around a class and he was teaching. He said he was doing the research. He said, you know, that he was reading his books. He was getting like-minded people that knew more than him to come on and to expand on these certain points that he was reading up on. And the minute he starts really touching on certain points, 
What happens? Out of here. Within a day. Within one day. Out of here. A day. And then within the next few days, he has all these people calling him, trying to correct him on something that he was not wrong on. I mean, regardless of how you feel in the situation, I always look at the, the, the picture of the effort made. There's more effort made in that yes. and the Wiley situation than Black Lives Matter or the Breonna Taylor no. situation. I just say that to or say the like, George Floyd case. Like, do you know what I mean? So it just tells you there's more effort based on some words on the internet mm. than people dying and finding the killers or bringing the killers to justice. Or protecting people from dying with actual legislation for said people. So, so I always look at that. Like I never look at the, if I'm for this or not. I look at, right, so that's what you want to do about it. Hmm. But there was no resources when there was people dying. Mm. Hmm. And that's why we do this. We have to highlight these problems because they're problems that affect us and people that look like us. If, if not us... Or if not you, then who? Well, because ultimately we should be responsible for ourselves. If not today, then when? Then when? Exactly. One of the, the, one of the most powerful speeches ever. Yeah. And what's crazy is, it all started from an idea. You lot have watched Avengers. You lot here, like, do you remember the... I don't know if you remember the promotion for Infinity War before they, um, before they actually put the film together. And one of the most powerfulest things, it was just one line. <laughs> From from Samuel Jackson, and it was there was an an idea. That's how this whole thing came together. It was an idea. It was literally within conversation because I don't know whether you believe this or not. But this, how you see us here, is how we are. Like this is not an act. We're not putting this on. This is we don't got to get into character. I, I look better in real life. We like both I, do. But like I'm buff. But, but I'm buff in real life. I'm three D buff. Give we, me. We both do. And see him. Waves pop it. I say that to say, like, it's far from an idea. Like, we really spoke about it and we was like, damn, like, we went, we ran through the list. We was like, yo, how comes, like, all these podcasts are talking nobody, about nonsense? Nobody bro. talking about, like, what matters? <laughs> nobody, like, we, like, when I say we racked our brains, because this was two years ago. Like, this yeah, was we, two- started, we started, we started shooting Bandad podcast in 2017. Yes. So and that's and actually we three had a hiatus years. after episode five. Yeah, and we came back in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So it was actually three years. So we really was like, yo, and and the way you want, you was like, really think about it. Like, who's really like? Let's go down the list. Like, who's talking about these issues? Like, who's really representing <laughs> or or like? <laughs> They're talking about this is interracial boyfriend eats jollof for the first come time. On, come on. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> the half the episode be like, oh, it's spicy. Oh, who, 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 who's the, who's the originator of Jell-Off? Imagine, imagine like the content. So are you telling me we've been dwindled down to food, man? Food and, and preferences. Don't give me. We can do all these things. That stuff and is still simple. Talk about what's really going on. Listen, that stuff is very. It's a very simple, easy pocket to be in. We're both, why, grown, we're both grown men. We both have had crazy experiences. You'd have heard some of the stories. We're not making none of them stories up. If we really wanted to talk about those things, we would. It'd be easy, but then our podcast wouldn't be an hour plus. It'd be about 20 minutes. You, you just you just segued me into a crazy story. 
<laughs> so I say that to say, like, you know, before I pass it back over to you, like, we're not doing this for props. We're not doing this because, oh, you know, we're purpose. No, we're doing this because it's on purpose. It's two black males that are speaking on real issues that happen to people. This probably slows us down. You know, this po- you know we'll probably be bigger. It's yeah. going to take us longer. This probably slows us no, down because we're saying some real because stuff. Because I care. I don't know about you, lo- I care about legacy. I'm sorry. I care about people looking this up and going, wait a minute. They, those were some real brothers for real that were really talking about stuff that mattered. That's what I care about. I care about 20 years down the line, this footage being pulled up by my babies and they go, yo, dad, this you? And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't really look too different, but yeah, that's yeah, me. Yeah. And say I was that, talking about that righteous stuff. And I was talking about stuff that mattered. And you're old enough to see that the seed that I've installed in the universe has manifested in you, and now you're echoing the same sentiments, but you can actually do something about it. Because when I was speaking about it, there was no laws, there was no importance, the light wasn't being shone upon these issues the way it should be. Breonna Taylor's killers are still out there and they have not been arrested yet. Oh, but no, but Wiley tweeted though. Ooh. Do you feel what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you understand where we are? Do you see the importance? Set, set <laughs> How do you say? No, it's 12. It's 12. It's like, For one dude. Some of the things you see is like, it's crazy. They wrote a whole letter. Let me see wrote a whole letter. Look at look at look at see wrote a whole letter. Come on. A whole look, letter. Look at the look at what look at how they're doing us, man. I said it was political. We have no power, bro. Look but at no how, leaders look in the Black Lives Matter. Look like, at how they're political. doing us. And I'm saying that to say this is why we're talking about it. Because it matters. Yes. How it matters? Come Man. on. That's what, the, what's the last word? Matter. That's the bare minimum. Matter. Let's hey, 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 you can't be, let's just say impartial news corporation. You can't be for some lives that be mattering. Hey. That's the That's bare political. minimum. <laughs> That's political right there. The bare minimum. And it's, it's, not, it's not just Black Lives Matter, I'm saying. It's just all political kind of organizations. Come on. You know. <laughs> Come on. So you know. this is why we're doing it. Because no one else is choosing to speak on these things. The um, 90s baby show, they, they touch on these things. Three shots and tequila, they do as well. Shout out to the bigger podcast, them yes. 90s baby show. Shout yes. out yourselves. Three shots. That three shots, I'm keeping that man, yeah? Mm-hmm. That man there. As, as, he's in the yard. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my like Keith and the, the gang. Come that on. man. And there. the culture with Lippy and all of them. I like Lippy, though. Know? You see? Lippy, rah. He just goes. Passionate. Shout out to everyone doing their thing. Shout out to everyone trying to move. But look at that. Forward. And you see different there? We're not a monolith. Not only that, but look at what? We named three? How many podcasts are there? Because if we start naming the rest, it's some nonsense, bro. But that's my point. That's my point, man. That's my point, bro. We care. We care. We really could do the easy stuff. You know I mean? That time I went out with the white girl. Thousand plus views. Easy. That's not what this is about. Oh, you did that? We're not talking about it. It's not about me. My point is... I didn't him. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not going down there. My point is, there's way more important stuff that needs to be addressed, like what we're addressing. You people need to see two black brothers getting along. We're not always going to get this, it this, right. This is a real friendship. But this is a real it's thing. It's for the cameras. It's real. You can't pretend this like you can't make this up. You can't ask the people that know us. Like, 
Yeah. Our energy ain't no fake energy. We don't gotta put on no YouTube. That's another thing. YouTube voice. What? Hey, 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 guys. I'm so I'm welcome to Bundad Podcast. What? It's King. Let let King Aries come here and sit down talking about. Hey, guys. Welcome to. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi. <laughs> you said the ones that act really crazy. Welcome to the people there, bro. I'll be changing the. I'll be, what? I'll be deleting the whole. What do you mean? Pause, yo. <laughs> nah. But, come on. So okay. that's what I'm saying, like. But anyway, that's the end of my point. That's why I wanted to say, like, and that's another thing. You notice how we're always elevating. He allows me to speak. That's another thing. Freedom of speech that isn't free anymore. I don't have to agree with it. But I'll be damned if I like angry disagree with my homie on camera. How? Like, How? You <laughs> me, can't do that. Let me that. find out what you're gonna say. Like, let me. Let me you gotta let that. you gotta let him speak, and that's another thing. Like, we're too quick to be first, like in everything. So that's not the black way. Why? Why you gonna say that, bro? Come on, that it goes back to the monologue thing. He's gonna have different opinions than me. I'm we're cr- not I'm, the same. I'm crazy with it. We're not the same. I'm crazy with But we can relate, and that's the difference, and that's the fine line that these people don't understand. We relate in pain, in oppression, in suffering, but we also relate in joy, in compromise, in different music, in art, in culture. We can relate to those things. Yo, this man's listening to Drake. He listens to Pusha T. So Drake! You're not going there. This man's listening you to Drake. You listen to Pusha T, bro. Drake, Drake in the new music, really crying? I don't care. All I know is. Pusha T. I ain't seen that. I saw a screenshot. He was crying or something. I don't know. Okay. All I know is Pusha T. Supposed I, I, I to never watched the video. Drug kingpin. I mean, yeah. I, I like Drake. He was in the Chris Brown video. I liked it. It was he challenged Chris Brown to a ba- dance battle. You see that? Look, look. You see that? And he started Drake started look, yeah. pop locking. Look, it's not about Drake. My point is, we're gonna have disagreements, <laughs> but it will never be bigger than the social injustices that happen to our people. That's why we're talking. And about keep that in mind with each other. Do not let anyone use that against you. Your differences are not bigger than your similarities. Do not forget that. Go ahead, go ahead, bro. So we're gonna segue into some really important stuff now. True story, so, true story. So this afternoon, yeah, I woke up. This afternoon, go ahead. True story, this afternoon I woke up. We're naming this segue, I've had enough of this. Story time with King Aries, that's what we're naming it. So this afternoon I woke up, yeah? Whew! Woke up nice. Because earlier this morning I went to gym at 6.30, woke mm. up at 6. Mm. Leg day, part 2. All strength training. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Lifting and stuff, crazy. Y'all don't know about early morning workouts. So I went for a nap, I woke up. Ooh, silk sheets and all that. Mm. Came downstairs. Fine ass girls, went outside, it was sunny, crazy, yeah? Had a Lambo there, Ferrari, yo, I had a good day. But something didn't feel right. Inception. I have a weird ability, unlike most people, that I can tell when I'm dreaming within the dream. <laughs> so, Cause you know in a dream you see a Lambo, you're like, yeah, man, I've, I've been had a Lambo. A Lambo. Yeah. Right. But it's like you feel right. <laughs> there was too many fine-ass girls in the house. The sun was too hot. So I'm like, yo, this is a dream. And I ain't gonna wake up right now. Mm. So I have this weird ability where I can tell I'm dreaming. Mm. 
so I can create. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like so I can start create. I can I can mess with my dream. So I'm, like I've had nightmares where something bad's happening. I realize it's a nightmare, and I turn into Dracula, and I like ate the witch that was given. So the nightmare became the witch's nightmare. <laughs> like, mm. So I can like change stuff. So yeah, so I was like, I'm sitting. I'm, I'm like, man. So I made the house bigger. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you would do. So I made it's the house bigger. This is what you do. I put a pool in for the Lambo, so I had to swim to it. Yeah? And I made every girl the same girl. But just loads of her. <laughs> I don't, this, this, this don't surprise so, me. Keep going. But it's crazy. So it's like, but the, the problem is, is I don't always remember my dreams. Mm. I, I rarely remember my dreams. Mm. So when I woke up, because I remember I set my alarm for two. Because I had to get ready for work for the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But I woke up at one. Mm-hmm. It was like some drilling outside. Messed up my I was enjoying it. I was creating. I was living out. So some drilling. I woke up. But I rarely remember dream. When I woke up, like this whole day, I've been thinking about this dream. Right, right, right. Which is rare. And I can remember like every detail of the dream. Like from me waking up. Because that's how dreams get you. Because my dream started with me waking up. That makes you think you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So that's how you usually don't realize you're dreaming. If you if you if you wake up, then you think, oh, it's real. But it's like, although I woke up, I was like, nah, this ain't real. <laughs> this didn't mean how I wake up. Silk sheets, come on, really? <laughs> you said silk sheets. I said, uh, uh, okay. I'm but, gonna, like, how you gonna sleep on that? Like, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, yeah, dreams, dreams, dreams are interesting because it was like, as the day's gone on today, there's nothing really within that dream from the pool to making the house bigger to the sports cars to the fine woman because remember I, t- I turned the fine women into a fine woman there's no, nothing in that dream even to the silk shirts is actually far-fetched I knew he was going to say that which is crazy I knew he was going to say that go on so these are all things that subconsciously I'm working towards and I feel I deserve and I'm comfortable in saying I should and I will have these things, yeah? But it was all a dream. It's not real. So me waking up was like, damn, it was on some... It was Egyptian cotton. Don't get it twisted. I still woke up on nice sheets. Don't get it twisted now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but me waking up to that drilling, you know, to a Ford Fiesta <laughs> that I share with my sister, just made me realize, you know, there's still a lot of work to do, but I'm on the right path, I'm still doing my thing, but mm. nothing that was far-fetched. Mm. And I'm glad that I didn't forget the dream, I was able to remember it. Mm. But dreams are crazy because it's like, it felt so real. Yeah. I finally felt like all the work had paid off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt yeah. like I was there. Mm-hmm. And then it was taken away from me like that. No, but then <laughs> I don't think it was. To add, it's again, that was your subconscious. <clears throat> remember when we dream, like it's still us it's just a deeper version of us mm. right and i say that to say like your ability to create within your dream means that you don't necessarily see limits you've been able to posterize people when you shouldn't be at a height to posterize people you've been able to jump out of this world before you even knew how to control how to jump you've been able to constantly break your limits and overcome things and do things that people say that you can't do so i say that to say within yourself you see yourself constantly overcoming and being bigger than people's imagination, probably even more than your own at times. So the reason why it doesn't feel far-fetched is because 
it's something you know you're putting in the work to go and get. So it's not necessarily taken away from you, but it's putting delay because you haven't got it yet. Yeah, just letting me know, like, yo. It's you telling me. Finish that verse. That's it. It's you letting yourself know, like, I keep going, gonna I'm going to get there. But it's crazy, like, you, you, get you, 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 you had a crazy dream recently? Um, or a memorable one? Because that's the thing, they like to, like, they like to escape you once you wake up, innit? Oh, man. In recent times, no. But one thing I will say is, sometimes I can actually interpretate my dreams. And that's a crazy part to You have. know what I mean? So that's why I'm telling you right now. Because I, mean, I just told myself, man, shit, I'm crazy. No. <laughs> I look like what you're like. You're not. I, I, you know. I realized I was dreaming and then I did some shit. I'm crazy. No, you know. That's what I was saying to myself. But I that's what I just did. Like, that's, that's, that's the high power. That's God letting you know. Keep going. You're going to get there. But mm. You just got to keep going. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Because dreams can definitely turn into reality. I watch Inception and the, one of the one of the catchphrase lines is, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little dream bigger. Because that's my thing. That's like my problem. That's my thing. In my dreams, it's like, all bets off. So I'm going to hit you with this horror one that I touched on. Go ahead. All right. So. Shout out to Inception. I'm going to watch that as soon as you get off. I have this fear in dreams. Mm. One fear. Where I don't like being trapped, as in I can't move, as in I mean, it's either sometimes I'm tied up, sometimes in a room, wherever it is, I can't move my hands and legs. Shall mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. And that's like my thing, where it's like, so whenever I'm in a nightmare, that's what the creature, whatever it is, gets me with. Mm-hmm. That I'm basically paralyzed, stuck. I've got no, I can't move my arms and legs. So this specific dream, <laughs> I'm in some castle. So immediately I'm like, oh, this is a dream. Because mm-hmm. I would never be in some dark Transylvania castle. Never. No black <laughs> That ain't me. This why I hate I ain't traveling films. there. I ain't going there. It ain't happening. Hate horror films. Get the hell out of here. Yep. So immediately I was like, oh, this is a dream. But you know if you have that fear, that eerie. Mm-hmm. You know, a nightmare. You know you're in a nightmare before anything happens. Yes. But a nightmare is a feeling. Yeah, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then this witch comes down. Jamming. And I'm saying, wait, I'm saying like crooked nose, like she's, she's not even like, it's not like a movie dreams that you just get straight into it. Mm. She's like, oh, like for whatever reason, because they never have a reason in dreams, do they? No. For whatever reason, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no backstory in all dreams. Can we talk about this? What did that do? There's no backstory. The witch <laughs> showed up and she's trying <laughs> to kill me. She's on top. Someone needs to, maybe we need to do it when we get funding. Someone needs to make a dream into a movie straight yeah. to the point. That's like, it. She's like, I'm a witch, That's you it. ain't, you gonna die. Out of here. You can't reason with me. <laughs> <laughs> on site, oh, we, we ops. But what the witch didn't count on mm. is I'm that guy who's like, oh, I know I'm in a dream and it's my dream, right. it's my power, mm-hmm. it's my world. Mm-hmm. All right, let's play. <laughs> I'm someone again, I, I will intentionally not, like, I will intentionally wake myself up if mm-hmm. I'm not dreaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's play. <laughs> Especially, what if, especially if it's a nightmare. Oh, oh, let's play. What, what happened? So she's coming down, like floating, and she's like a witch witch, no broomstick. Like she like floating down some long, you know, like in the castles, like Jack is dead. Floating down some long staircase, coming towards me. Like some conjuring type. She got like some fangs. She, but I don't know if she's gonna eat me or scratch me, or whatever. And I'm just like, has she not realized I'm not trying to run? Like, ooh, <laughs> I'm have fun with you. But because it's a dream, because it's a dream, I don't know what creates these characters or these creatures or you. whatever. But because it's a dream, she doesn't stop and like reason like, oh, like why are you not running away? Yeah. 
she's just like, ooh, okay, you're gonna stand there, you're gonna die quicker. So she's getting closer, or whatever. I decide to become Dracula. And in my mind, all like the films, all like the films where he like talks in some way. In my mind, Dracula is nine feet tall, <laughs> bare chested, so my, my toe comes off, biceps everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Basically, in my mind, Dracula is Omni. Yo, yo. So as she's floating down, I turn into this big yo. wedge. Fangs everywhere, claws everywhere, bloody eyes, yeah? And I just grab her and just tear her apart. Wow. That's her. But because it's a dream, it's not that easy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just say it's your self-conscious or whatever. So because it's a tear apart or whatever, and then she turns into two. Okay. I'm like, oh, more fun for me. Right. So I eat both of them. And I, it's not again, not like the fact I don't just swallow I don't just swallow them. As in, are y'all hearing me? <laughs> Are I'm, you not hearing? Because it's a dream, I know I can't go to prison for this or whatever. There's no laws, there's no rules. Mm-hmm. So I, I chew. I. <laughs> both of them. I chew. I pick out my tea. I, Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Some real evil shit. Yo. I'm like multiplying them acids. Okay, no. Yeah. Nah. They want to finish that. It's a nine foot dragon. <laughs> <laughs> when I finish that. No, I'm nine foot. The doors are big. I burst through the wall. I walk outside, and I'm like, I'm gonna explore this world, this dream. I'm gonna see. Basically, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna just find more creatures to eat because they evil and is allowed. <laughs> so I'm like walking. I'm like the only Dracula that's not flying. I'm like walking like giant, do giant steps. And I'm just walking around. Like I see a werewolf. I stomp him out. I eat him. Like I'm just eating. Do you know what? I went to bed hungry. <laughs> so I wake up with this dream and I'm starving. I'm a bit dehydrated. I'm starving or whatever. And I went to bed hungry. And what should have happened, like in a normal nightmare, she should have chased me or tried to kill me. I woke up all scared or whatever. Then I go eat. But basically, I just turned around. I went to bed hungry and I just ate a bunch of evil creatures in this dream as this nine foot super hench Dracula. Then I calmly woke up when I got something to eat. That was my dream. <laughs> that was what was supposed to be my nightmare that turned into just story time with King Aries. <laughs> That's what I have to say. I don't know what, like. <laughs> That's why I wake up sometimes, I'm like, man, you crazy. Yo. Because I remember that one. I remember that one. Like, I remember everything I did to them and everything. I was like, rah, like. That's crazy. I was just eating werewolves and witches. Y'all let me know in the comments <laughs> if you've had anything similar to that. Because I have never dreamed anything like that. I'm about to lie. No. No. I've never been a nine-foot wedge Dracula before. Hey, don't be scared to dream big, man. Shout out to Inception. <laughs> Shout out to Inception, bro. Let's get to the Bondat section, yeah? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So, the BBC, mm-hmm. yeah? Open letter to employees and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> BBC? Bondat. Don't try about politics. Political. We out of there. Don't try it, We out of there. Don't try Um. Toxic masculinity being hijacked by the feminist movement which wouldn't be an issue if they highlighted what the who coined the term and what the term was actually used for. Mm-hmm. But just highlighting it, using it as a hashtag, just to use it against violent rape. Like serious things, things that should not happen. You know what I mean? Serious things that should not happen by just using the term toxic masculinity to define mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Those serious crimes. Sick acts. bad people. Serious crimes. And not at any point saying this is actually a term that we borrowed. I'm not gonna say stole. We borrowed mm. from a man's movement. Mm -hmm. And this movement is against all these things mm. and about growth and development. Wow. So toxic masculinity being hijacked context. Yeah. by the feminist movement. Banda. <laughs> yeah. My god. And nine foot Draculus. <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. That, that, that go ahead and munch everything inside. Evil creatures, man. Yo, I don't care. You can be on your own. Barnett, I never want to dream about that. You ain't look. I'm telling my subconscious now. Listen, and anybody that co-signs this in the comments, burn that, burn you, burn your dreams too. Okay, Yo, I've had enough. You gotta dream big. Bro. You no 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 no. Okay, no. You don't get to Yao Ming Dracula and then blacking them up and then you talking about some. I enjoyed my nightmare. No, Bonnet. <laughs> Bonnet. I don't care. Yo. That's mad. Yo. But yeah, I guess, I guess that's and that's how we ended it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been AJ Raw, King Aries, AKA he, the Nine Foot Dragon. Oh my god, if he starts this, <laughs> you better not turn this into a thing. Yeah. That's the end of it. Y'all get finished just listening to Bond That Podcast. Podcast. We are. Wow.